Luke 18, verse 1. I read. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. As we celebrate our fathers today, my brief exhortation, because we have a lot of things this morning, is men ought always to do what? Men ought always to pray. There is a search that is going on. And the search is a very simple one. It's a search for praying fathers. Can you ask somebody, where are the praying fathers? In this month of miraculous intervention, one of the things that prayer does is that prayer makes room for a miraculous encounter. And you will not miss your own miraculous encounter in Jesus' name. In Genesis chapter 32 from verse 24 to verse 28. Genesis 32 from verse 24 to 28. We see the encounter that Jacob had with the angel of the living God. And the Bible makes us understand that when it was done, when it was the break of day, and the man or the angel said, let me go. Jacob said, I will not let you go. Unless you bless me. I will not let you go until you change my situation. I will not let you go until you change my circumstances. Men ought always to pray. Where are the men that will go on their knees and say, Father, you must change this situation. And until you change this situation, I am not leaving this place. Until you change this situation, until you give me a word. Until I have an encounter with you, whatever it takes, no matter how long it takes, I will remain at your presence. A man of God was seeking the face of God for his ministry. And we are told that he went into a room and locked himself. I mean, he didn't lock himself. He told the wife to lock the door and go with the key. And said, well, when I'm ready, I will bang on the door. Then you know I'm ready and you can open the door. And of course, he started it for a number of days. He broke that, uh, uh, the, I mean, that resolution a few times. Then one day, he told the wife, lock the door. I will go and pray until I see the... And the woman said, well, no problem. As soon as you bang on the door, I will open. And truly not long, <laughs> he, he knocked on the door. She opened the door for him. And he came out to do what? To eat. He was supposed to be fasting. He was supposed to be waiting upon the Lord for God to answer him. But as soon as he and the wife, you are the one that said you want to wait upon God. I didn't send you there. But as soon as he sat at the table to begin to eat, something spoke to his heart. He stood up from that table and he went back to the prayer room. We are not told for how many days he was there. But he met Jesus. You will meet Jesus. You will have that encounter with Jesus. That was what Jacob went through. When he wrestled with that angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord said, Well, from this day onwards, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be what? Israel. In the book of Acts chapter 16, from verse 25 to verse 28, the prayer of Paul and Silas at midnight caused an earthquake 
to our call. The prayers of who? Paul and Silas, two men in prison. Decided not to give up to circumstances. Decided not to say, well, we are here, well, I mean, uh, it's not the end of life, we are still alive, because their life could have been terminated. But they began to pray. They began to sing. And God answered them. There was an earthquake. There is an earthquake in the spiritual realm. It is going to come down in the physical if somebody can pray. If somebody can make up his mind that I want to pray this earthquake down because it's going to change my situation. Remember, brethren, the book of Matthew tells us that the day of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what happened? There was an earthquake. Is that not so? An angel of the Lord came, rolled away the stone. That stone that is blocking your path, that stone that is hindering you from moving forward, there is an earthquake prepared to roll it away. But you must pray. That's what you must pray. Men ought always to pray. There was an earthquake in response to the prayers of Paul and Silas in prison. Brethren, they were not praying in a conducive environment. They were not praying because, okay, here there's no COVID. Oh, here, there, no, they were praying where? In prison, incarcerated. Most likely they were tied down. But their mouths were not shut. They began to pray. They began to pray. I believe we studied about the issue of tongue in our Sunday school this morning. If you can open your mouth and praise God, if you can open your mouth and pray to the living God, things will happen. An earthquake will occur. God will intervene in your situation. He will intervene in Jesus' name. The prayer of Daniel that's my third point. The prayer of Daniel brought him, number one, promotion and recognition. Brethren, if Daniel was not a prayerful man, he would not have been promoted. If Daniel was not a prayerful man, Daniel did not start praying when he became the prime minister of, of, of Babylon. Prayer was part of his life. Prayer was what God used to open doors unto him, to make way for him, to make room for him. And brethren, if I were not praying in my own little way, not like Daniel. Daniel was much more serious than I am. If I were not praying in my own little way, it's possible I wouldn't have gone to the university. Because I remember very vividly, when I finished high school, they already got a job for me. Those of us that know the Nigerian Railway Corporation then. Yes, they got a job for me as a... Is it typist? I don't know how a typewriter looks like. Oh. But they got a job for me. What do they call them? Or is it clerk? Whatever it is. An office job there. And then they told my parents to come and give them money. <laughs> for the job. And the job is available. But do what? Pay for it. And I told him, I said, why don't you wait? Let my results go. As at that point in time, both my high school results and admission, none of them were out. And you know the way God will do his thing. My admission letter came before my uh, uh, results, school start came. So admission came to the University of Ibadan, so that silenced everything. Tell somebody, Pray. 
You are praying to God, not unto man. God wants to do something. Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Brethren, Daniel didn't just propose in his heart. He was a prayerful man. And having prayed, he said, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. I will seek with you. I know you cannot fail. And I want to assure somebody here today, God cannot fail. He has not failed. He will not fail you. Daniel chapter 1 verse 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Do you know, brethren, that Daniel did not know that? He did not know until he went forth and said, I can't defile myself. I cannot eat the king's rich food. Give me beans. It was then he saw the work that God had gone ahead to do for him. Men ought always to pray. When you pray, God wrought glorious things in your life. The Bible says in that Daniel chapter 1 verse 17 that God gave these four children knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Prayers brought promotion to Daniel. When you go to Daniel chapter 6, we know that story very well. Daniel 6 verses 1 to 3. The Bible tells us that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes. Of course, Daniel was one of them. So long as he was among the pack, nobody bothered about him. Nobody cared about him. But the king went a step further. Do you know that concerning you, God is going a step further? Amen. Do you know that you are, anybody here knows you are peculiar? Do you know you are peculiar? You are peculiar. What God is doing for you, what he's doing now is ordinary. But what he's going to do for you is what? Extraordinary. He will single you out of the pack in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Daniel chapter 6 verse 2, over these three presidents, that is over them he appointed three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. So Daniel was not just one of the three. He was what? He was the first among the three. Of course, you know what that means. Envy arose. Verse 3 says, This Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. That excellent spirit is still available, brethren. Amen. But you need to pray. Tell somebody you need to pray. The excellent spirit from the Lord is available for all praying men. For all men that make up their mind to pray, there is an excellent spirit from the Lord available unto you. But you know what? The prayers of Daniel also brought envy and persecution. So first of all, the prayers of Daniel brought promotion. Secondly, the prayers of Daniel brought what? Envy and persecution. But you know what? Together with the envy and persecution is ultimate victory. The Bible says, thanks be unto God, which always does what? Giveth us the victory. The victory. In Daniel chapter 6, when you go to verses 4 to 5, those prince, I mean, the one people that were envious of Daniel, the people that wanted him destroyed, they realized that they could not find any occasion against Daniel, except they find that occasion against him concerning the law of his God. 
And they knew what they were saying. They knew that there were certain times that Daniel would go to his room, open the window towards Jerusalem, and do what? And pray. So they said, King, let nobody pray to any other God except you. Because we have recognized that you are the only God. And the king did not know. You know, there's a Yoruba passage that says, I mean, or is it proverb that says, uh, uh, when they put you on a horse built of cockroaches, is that the way they say it? Yes, that's what they were doing for the king. They put him on a horse, but he thought it was a horse. It was what? It was a cockroach. Until he realized that they were trying to remove the spiritual support under him. He tried to save Daniel. He could not. The Bible says, woe unto him. That was what? That puts his trust in man. It's not because man does not want to help you, but man cannot. The king wanted to help Daniel, but the, uh, his people have reminded him that the law of the Medes and the Persians says, once the law goes out, it cannot be altered. And so the heathen king was one fasting. But Daniel was ultimately victorious. Daniel did not say that because they've written a law in, in Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, because they made a pronouncement, he will not pray. No. He did not say because they made a pronouncement, he would not pray in secret. No, he prayed openly. He prayed openly. Brethren, there is still a God that answers by fire. Hallelujah. Whose God is that God? He will answer you in Jesus' name. Amen. We know how it ended. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. He came out alive. The people that were persecuting him were thrown into the lion's den. They died before they got to the bottom of the den. The third point concerning Daniel's prayers is that his prayers were instrumental to the restoration of Israel back to the promised land from the land of captivity. Daniel prayed and the fortunes of a nation changed. God is still looking for Daniels. God is still looking for men that will go on, your knee, on their knees and say, Lord, this is what your word says. This is what you ought to do. And unless you do it, we are not giving up. Because it's your word. God is ready. The Bible says his hands are not heavy. His, I mean, his ears are not heavy. His hands are not short. He's willing to intervene. He's prepared to intervene. God will make a way for you in Jesus' name. When you go to Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, Daniel understood by the study of the word of God. So you cannot be a prayer, a praying man, if you don't like the Bible. You cannot be a praying man if computer games take uh, a prime position in your life compared to the word of God. Daniel understood by the word, by the book, by the book. That it was time. And I want to tell somebody here today, it is time. Amen. Tell somebody it is time. It is time, it is time for divine intervention. Hallelujah. It is time for miraculous intervention. It is time for God to prove himself. Amen. And he will prove himself in your life in Jesus' name. Daniel began to pray and God came true for him. God came true for Israel. God will come true for you. Amen. Men ought always to pray. That's very important. When you look at the story of Abraham, the story of Isaac, the story of Jacob, every one of them, 
They prayed. They made pronouncements upon their children before they died. And the Bible makes us to understand that the pronouncements that they made were pronouncements that were made by faith. They are made by what? By faith. By faith. When Jacob made his pronouncement upon Reuben, ah, it was terrible. In Genesis 29, verses 1 to 4. He said, you are, you, are, you are unstable, you will not excel. But Moses came in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 33. And he spoke. In verse 6, he said, let Reuben live and not die. <laughs> in other words, the pronouncement of Reuben's father was going to kill him. But Moses prayed. He said, let him not die, God. Let not his men be few. When Jacob made pronouncements concerning Judah, oh, they were glorious. They were glorious. When you go to Genesis 49, verse 8 to 12, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. He is the one his brethren will praise. Oh, he said so many wonderful things. But Judah had a problem. And what was Judah's problem? Women. Women. Because of his problem with women. The promises that were due for him were being delayed. I pray for someone listening to me today. Every delayed promise, God will intervene and release upon you in Jesus' name. And that is why, brethren, in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 7, what did Moses say? He said, this is the blessing of Judah. And he said, hear, Lord, the voice of Judah. Bring him unto his people. He was among his people. But spiritually, he wasn't among his people. Because the sin of Judah ensured that his descendants could not ascend to the, to, the, to, the, uh, to the throne of leadership in Israel, which was what God prepared them for until after the 10th generation. And that's why, in spite of the beautiful promises, Moses had to come and say, Lord, have mercy upon Judah. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy on me. Bring him unto his people. Answer his prayers. If you pray, God will answer you. Men ought always to do what? To pray. When Isaac released his blessing upon Jacob and Esau, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 20 that by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. For a man to bless his children concerning things to come. He must be a man in the spirit. When you go to Genesis 27, verses 27 to 29, you see the blessing he released upon Jacob. If these things were done by faith, you need to be a man of prayer to correctly speak the mind of God. I want to ask our men today, I want to ask our fathers, what legacy will you leave for your children? What foundation are you laying for the future of your children? I was looking at, and I mean, uh, the message that uh, our continental overseer sent out this morning, saying Happy Father's Day, and there are some terrible statistics in the message he sent out. He said 85% of the 
of children with behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 70% of teen pregnancies are from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists are from fatherless homes. 75% of teen patients in drug abuse centers are from fatherless homes. 85% of youths in prison are from where? 63% of youth suicides are from where? Men ought always to pray. When the man takes his rightful place as a priest of the house, everything will fall in place. The Bible tells us that Job, in Job chapter 1 verse 5, as we round up, he sent and sanctified his children. He offered burnt offerings concerning them. Because he said, it may be that my sons have sinned and caused God in their heart. And thus Job did continually, not once in a while. Job was praying for his children on a daily basis. When a man is spiritually in tune with God and submissive to God, his wife will submit to him. There will be peace in the home. That is why Sarah called Abraham, what? What did she call him? My Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. When you look at that passage from verse 1 to verse 6, you see where the Bible is, I mean, giving us the example of how Sarah was in subjection to Abraham and she called him his Lord. But where I'm going is the passage that says, uh, where is it now? Talks of your prayers not being hindered. First chapter 3. In verse 6, it says, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. When you now go to verse 7, verse 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as being years together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. <laughs> the problem with many of us is that we are not even praying. So it's not that our prayers are hindered. It is our what? We are not praying. So right from square one, there is no prayer to be, will it be answered or not? God will have mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. The word of God to us today is men ought always to do what? To pray. The legacy of a praying father is one that is lasting and changes things. It builds a home where children are truly the heritage of God. And God is proud of that man. My challenge to our men today is will you take up this challenge? Will you be a praying man? Will you be a praying father? As we celebrate you today, let this Father's Day be a time for you to go back to basics. A time for you to reconnect with your Heavenly Father. A time to take a stand for God. A time to be in tune with your Father. And when you are in tune with Him, He will make way for you. He will open doors unto you. Men ought always to pray. If you are going to pray as a man, you need to be a man that God knows. If God knows, if God does not know you, your prayers will bounce back at the same time.